Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin, and this is Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we're talking all about quantum manifestation, a little bit about your soul path, and taking you on a quest for buried treasure in the form of Bitcoin. Join us. Oh my god. A lizard. A lizard's right there. Ah. Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Stephanie J. And we're here to alchemize, alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Hey babe, guess what? What? Do you remember that time when I almost found a Bitcoin? Oh yeah, oh that was... That was both exciting and then incredibly disappointing. It was like potentially a couple Bitcoins. Yeah, I was really holding out for five. What would that be worth now? Like $250,000? Yeah, it's like 60000 a pop. So that's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit more than that. Could take a really nice vacation for that kind of money. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what we were thinking at the time. <laughs> that is exactly what we were thinking. I remember so clearly the like, the rising feeling in my body of like excitement and love and joy. And I was just mm. like, we were so convinced that we had this Bitcoin that I was like, we can spend whatever we want on lunch. We don't have to worry about the price of lunch. Get more champagne, please. Not actually, because we don't drink champagne, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember like, because, you know, back in 2015, I was... Was it 2015 or 2014? It was it was back then. Anyways, I was doing like a lot of crypto trading with all the geeks because that's the only people who were using it back then. And because you're a huge geek. And because I'm a huge geek, yeah. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think like at the time, each Bitcoin was worth like maybe $600. And I remember I, I had bought a couple at, at about... $50 a pop or something. It, it was something ridiculously cheap, like a little bit before then. And I remember when it hit like $600, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Yeah, that's a pretty good return on your investment. What was the time frame? Do you know how long you held them for? Uh, it was like a year, maybe a little less, that's maybe a, a little longer. <laughs> plus or minus a year, but either way, like that kind of a return over a year, pretty fucking good. Well, yeah. And like at the time, the only people... I knew who was doing Bitcoin at all. We're just geeks, right? Like it was like me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember there being like one restaurant in all of Winnipeg that was like really, really seedy and it had a Bitcoin machine. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see it, but I'm doing air quotes right now. A Bitcoin machine in a the back area near the, um, yeah. what are those? 
things called the, uh, slot machines. Slot machines. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for seeing my my vision there. Yeah. Um, with the uh, I know the restaurant. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, that like seedy one downtown is the only place. And I remember seeing a, this like Bitcoin machine, and I'm like, what's a Bitcoin? And why would I give it money? This doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's an ATM. <laughs> it's literally you can turn cash into crypto without you know. Uh, it being attached to your identity. Yeah, so that seems like a cool thing to be in the back of a really shady restaurant. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Yeah, gee, I wonder. I wonder what happens when you like win a bunch of money at an at a slot machine, and then you go to your Bitcoin machine and you put them. You take the money out of the slot machine, and you put it into the Bitcoin machine. That is a, a much more above board sample than what I was thinking it was used for. There was no money laundering going on there at all. Definitely zero. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so um, I remember selling and being like over the moon mm. because of how high Bitcoin had gone. And you're like, yeah, I made it. But back then, I just didn't have the rule of sell half or sell your initial investment and hold on to the rest, mm. I think. But I didn't know that when I found this encrypted wallet in a backup folder on my Dropbox. Yeah. So what's interesting, the way that this transpired is we were out for lunch with a friend and I can't, what did I said something, you were talking about Bitcoin. It had been pinging you and not, we obviously are heavily invested in Bitcoin, but you, you had said a couple times, it's unlike me to sell all of them. Yeah. And, you know, you were kind of reflecting on that. And so I remember looking at you and I'm like, well, why don't you just check your folders? And like, maybe you have a key. And so, of course, he spent the entire lunch checking his folders. <laughs> Sorry, Nicola. <laughs> looking for the key. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and actually found a crypto wallet dot, I don't remember what it was dot. It was dot something um, in a Bitcoin folder and it deeply buried in an archive from like years and years and years ago. And so here's the question. Why would you keep that unless you had some Bitcoin saved? So we oh, immediately. Indeed. We both are like, oh, my God, I totally would have saved some Bitcoin and not sold it all. Like, why would I do that? You yeah, know? there's got to be at least one in here. Otherwise, why keep the password? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the hunt went on mm -hmm. and we're like, we're both kind of imagining all the amazing things that we could do with that. And like how what a what a good story it would be to just tell people about this manifestation. Yeah, I mean, it's basically like feeling like you won the lottery. I mean, I've never, I don't really buy lottery tickets, but I would imagine that's what it feels like when you win the lottery. Mm -hmm. I mean, we I was in my mind, I was thinking, okay, there's probably one Bitcoin in there, but like, hey, thank you universe for $60,000. Like, I'll yeah, take totally. that. Thank you. Could have been significantly more. <laughs> it could have been, right? <laughs> yeah. It could have been. So yeah. yeah, both of us were just in this space of like, total amazement with the universe and total awe like we spent the rest of that just lunch, wonder just wonder just yeah like so in a, a higher vibration state than i think i've ever experienced in my life to be honest because we were just so expansive so open so mm -hmm. amazed with the magic of the universe and the way that this had come to us and all the little things that had to happen in order for you to get the ping to look for it and then for me to say just look for the damn thing yeah Right. So we were kind of like weaving this web of like synchronicities up until that point. And then this magical point. And yeah, we were just like in total bliss is the best way I could describe it.
Yeah, that's a pretty good description. And um, I, I've, I don't know about the most bliss I've ever experienced, but it was definitely up there. Yeah, not the most bliss, but the highest vibration. Highest vibration. Yeah, it was definitely very high. Yeah, there's a lot of gratitude and just like, you know, accepting like the universe as it is and da, 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 all that sort of stuff that people talk about that are kind of the key ingredients to manifesting things, mm -hmm. right? It's like you have to have the feeling before you can have the thing. Yeah, there's be, do, have, and part of being is believing that you have it. And that's like what I believe the be, do, have model is like good, but also kind of like baby steps, mm -hmm. if I'm honest, towards mm -hmm. manifestation. And then you amp that up with, you know, some positive emotions and some intentional emotional manipulation. And oof, now that's a cocktail for manifesting. There you go. It sounds like our money magic meditation. It's, I mean, definitely the intention with which the money magic meditation was created. So guys, don't forget that you can get that for free on our website. Um, shameless plug. Right there. <laughs> we're, we're like plugging ourselves on our own show. I think that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it's free. I think that's kind of the whole point of this is yeah. to give people things and <laughs> experiences and yeah. It's a good one. We have multiple, multiple, multiple um clients and friends and family who listen to it religiously like every day and every night i've had people walk up to me in the street and say oh i fall asleep with your voice in my ears every yeah. night that was pretty cool <laughs> yeah I, I was listening to it every day for like three months it was uh it was really good and it definitely amped up the manifestation powers mm -hmm. yeah um speaking of, of manifestation powers do you remember like the whole quest of like okay now how do i get the bitcoin and like that like yeah so we found this key but it's like okay well what do we do with the key so like maybe it works maybe it doesn't maybe it's encrypted who knows like so yeah. we like rushed home poor nicola we were like completely distracted and on cloud nine yeah, completely different yeah. universe we rush home, cancel all of our plans for the afternoon, and Cian just gets to work like hacking into his own subconscious, basically hacking into his own memory folder. Like, how did I save this? And where did I save it? And yeah, can I even access yeah. it? What, what tool was there? I know I wouldn't put a private key just like unencrypted. So how did I encrypt it? What was the password? Like, why is this key not working when I plug it into tools to like pull the coins off? Like all this stuff. And yeah, I, I found out I had actually encrypted it with OpenSSL. I remembered the password. Whoa. Yeah, I remembered the password. So you first were obviously meant to first remember try. that. First try. Because you don't remember anything. So. Wow. Well, I mean, <laughs> this, this password is like my uber secret password that is only used for certain things. Does that mean I don't know what it is? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably not. Uh-oh. We're going to have to renegotiate the terms of our agreement here. <laughs> you, you, could pro you have access to my 1Password, though, so you could probably find it. Oh, okay, cool. I didn't have 1Password back then, so it's definitely memory. Anyway, so I decrypt it, and I go to swipe it, and swiping is when you take all the coins off of it and put it into a wallet that you have. Um, but there were no coins there. Wah, wah. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, I remember that feeling of just like doing all of that and being so excited and just like pursuing that goal and and then like that sinking feeling of like, oh man, that's not it. It's not there, you know, and what a contrast. Such a contrast. I mean, what a gift to be able to see that contrast from like the height of high vibration to like 
I won't say complete and total devastation because, I mean, that just doesn't really happen in our world. But definitely the sinking and contracting and the lower vibrations, like you would jumped off a cliff a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, like it really kind of pulls you down. And that feeling is literally what gets in the way of just life being grand, isn't it? Yeah. Because if you think about it, like in reality literally nothing in our life changed. Ah, isn't that interesting? Literally nothing in our material realm changed from when we left for lunch and felt normal to when we had the decision to look for the Bitcoin and found the key and felt ecstatic and then discovered that the key didn't open anything valuable and we dropped and then eventually we normalized again. So that's quite the emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it was simply the spark of a thought of a possibility that shifted our entire reality in the span of a moment. Mm-hmm. And powerfully shifted it too. Powerfully. Like we were on top of the world. We were like, oh my gosh, if it's this easy, if the universe is this connected, what are all the other magical things I can do? But here's the question. Can't you still do them? Hmm. So then I realized, well, wait, so there's no, there's no coins in this wallet, but there's also no history of coins being in this wallet. Oh, that's really weird. That means that wasn't the one that I used. That was my backup. Oh, so there's still a wallet probably floating around somewhere with some Bitcoin in it. And I'm in no rush to find it. And do you feel magical because you know it's there? Oh my God, do I ever. So here's the thing. Why is that environmental stimulus required for you to access these feelings? Why indeed? Oh, you, you you want me to answer that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a literal question to you as the person who is experiencing these feelings. Why is an environmental stimulus required? I, I, I think it's, it's it, it really, it's around practice and, and what we've been cultivated to expect, right? Like we've been told that you go and you get the thing and then you get the feeling out of the thing, right? Mm-hmm. And like, if you look at all any marketer out there, what are they selling you? They're not selling you the thing. They're selling you the feeling that you'll have when you get the thing, like billboards, television, look at it, like it's all people with smiling faces and expansive gestures. And my favorite example for this, you guys, is perfume. Mm. When you look at a perfume advertisement, they don't tell you what the smell is like. They don't tell you what's in the smell. They just have a really gorgeous model doing something amazing. Mm -hmm. And then the name of the perfume bottle. So it literally tells you exactly zero things about the perfume other than maybe if you buy this, you'll feel like this person. Yeah. And your mind is already mapping. What does she feel like? Right. This is that empathy thing that we have or emotional contagion is like our minds are like looking at the environment and and imagining what things would make us feel. Exactly. The mind is looking at the environment to determine how it should feel. Hmm. What if there was uh, another way? I mean, if there was another way, wouldn't that make manifesting a whole lot easier and way more fun? Oh my God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, so what if you were able to look inside to find a feeling? 
what if you had certain techniques that you could use to generate a feeling? What if you could create a program in your own mind to generate a feeling? A program of like, oh, what am I grateful for today? Right? What if the body follows the mind no matter where the mind goes? So then all we need to do is just reprogram the mind to stop looking at the environment as mm. evidence of success and start looking internally as evidence of success. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. And then doesn't your manifestation just become so much easier and so much more fun because we're not looking to external reality. We're not dependent on external reality to create our future. You kind of uh, grow above your environment. You grow above the conditions of your life. No matter what's happening out there, well, in here I'm going to feel this way because I've created the conditions inside where I do have control. I've created those conditions in order to, I'm sorry, that dog is barking. It's <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need a recording studio at some point. Yeah, definitely. But in the meantime, please enjoy the neighbor's dog. She has yeah. a special message for you. Let's roll the, in the credits or not the credits, the um, commercial drop. Commercial drop. That's a commercial. The dog has an important message. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 The, the dog is saying, help me, help me. I am anxious. I'm, I'm in pain. Yeah. 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 Not our dog, just to be clear. Our dog is sleeping next to us. So once we had this discussion and we reframed of like, oh yeah, those coins are probably still out there. And why do we need them out there anyways in the first place? Why can't we just feel this way and expansive and grateful and, and receptive to the universe? Mm -hmm. It was a great wake up call for us to just open ourselves up to that receptivity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Open to receptivity, open to trust, open to like, I use the word magical, which is maybe not the right word, but it, I it, like it. Yeah. It's just feeling like the universe is magic because you know what guys it is. That's all it is. And if you're not experiencing magic in your day-to-day -day basis, the only reason for that is because you are not open to it. So what magic did we experience recently in the last couple of weeks? So ironically enough, in the last couple of weeks, we had um, this, I, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a bot trading platform fall into our laps. Yeah, like a client of ours brought this to us. And strangely enough, another friend of us had been attempting to bring it to us, uh, Mubarak, thank you, uh, but... I was blocking it, ignoring it because um, there's so much going on or whatever stories were coming up, right? It was just stories, but it so was- So let me just point out that that's an example of not being open to the magic. The magic was mm -hmm. still there. It was trying, He would have. we would have had access to this tool mm -hmm. six to eight months ago. So six to eight months of history in this tool that's is great. meaningful. Yeah, yeah. And it only didn't um, transpire, not because the magic wasn't there trying to connect, but mm -hmm. because CN wasn't open to it. And so once we shifted into openness, what happened? It showed up again, it but this time through me. <laughs> 
yeah yeah and um so yeah it showed up and it's like hey you don't really have to worry about those lost bitcoins here's an automated trading platform with bots that like really take all of the guesswork and um risk and everything out of it um and are arguably like i had all already like since that bitcoin uh event happened i had kind of rekindled my interest in it instead of just holding the coins that we had and riding the wave up um i had been thinking man it'd be really nice if uh i were to get back into like using bots for uh, for trading like I did back in 2001 to 2008. Like I ran a company that uh, was one of the very first companies that did technical analysis trading algorithms and used, it didn't go quite as far as being a bot, but it did tell humans how to execute trades because there were no APIs and stuff back then that you could I was going to say, I don't yeah. think bots were really a thing back then. And this was mm. for the stock market, not for crypto, which is a lot more heavily regulated, right? Yeah. B bots came around in the stock market around 2006 or so. And and that was right around the time when my brother and I were actually developing our first bot. But then we sold the company and never finished the development. So mm. that's, that's history there. But I was kind of thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be nice if I were to be able to get back into that, but I don't want to do all the coding and I don't want to like do all the work, do all the work. I just kind of want to use somebody else's platform. And then poof. Yeah. Intention set and magically through a client, it comes to me and I take a quick look at it and think this looks like something CN would like. And yeah. then um, because I pestered the fuck out of him, he actually looked at it. <laughs> Magic can be insistent sometimes, but you shouldn't bank on it. You yeah. need to learn to be open is yeah, the lesson exactly, here. Exactly. So that that was the lesson that we learned, that I learned. And um, yeah, now it now it's just about every day about how do we start the day in that feeling of there potentially being unfound Bitcoins out there readily accessible to change our lives. Mm -hmm. Like what I like to do is when I wake up in the morning, I always ask myself questions. The first thing I do, I have gratitude for waking up. And then I ask myself questions that I want my um, logical brain to work on throughout the day for me and find evidence of throughout the day. And one of them is, what would today feel like if today was the day we found five Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. That's a good, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, so that is a great practice because what what does it do? So when you first wake up, you're within um, the five minute window of falling asleep or waking up, you have a much more direct access to your subconscious mind. And so anything you say or do, the first things you say, think or do when you first wake up or right before you fall asleep is basically putting in programming that's getting in be beneath the filter of mm. your reticular activating system and, and your, um, your belief fields. So it's really powerful stuff, which is why it really matters what you listen to when you wake up. Like mm -hmm. if you're listening to the radio and it's like an angry song that comes on, like that's not a great way to start your day. Or if you're checking all your messages and like 
getting frustrated or, you know, what, whatever you're populating, whatever emotion or thoughts you're populating in that first five minutes is literally going to reflect throughout your whole day. Yeah. And potentially even multiple days too, right? Because you're depending on what it is and how strong it was, it might really get in there. So it's really important to be conscious and aware of what you're feeding your brain first thing in the morning. Now, why questions? Why not affirmations? I know, that's, that's a really good question. So affirmations are great, but as um, we kind of started off saying, you know, the, the traditional be, do, have model of manifestation, which we can go deeper into our manifestation methodology on another episode. Um, but the be, do, have model is kind of like entry level. And once you start adding things like energetic, intentional energetic cultivation and emotional cultivation, that's when it really amps up. Same thing with subconscious reprogramming. So affirmations are awesome. And they're entry level. They're a great place to start. Questions, however, engage both parts of your mind because now you're engaging your logical mind. Some people call it the ego. Some people call it the rational mind, whatever you want to call it, in a task that it is specifically designed for. So many of us go through our lives expecting our ego to do things like future forecasting and crisis aversion and, and like detailed crisis aversion. And it doesn't work that way. It's basically there to make sure you stay fed and you don't die. That's what your ego is for. It's also a very, very good past or evidence-based question, like problem solver. It's a very good evidence-based problem solver. So when you give it a question of how can I create more magic today? It's going off in the background studiously trying to say, oh, how can we create more magic today? This is an important question. Let's answer this question. And it's going to serve up throughout the day evidence of this question to see, oh, is this the right answer? It's like a faithful little dog, hmm. right? How many times have you been trying to solve a problem? And then like two days later, when you're not even thinking about it, poof, the problem, the answer just pops into your brain. This is that exact same system, except instead of using it to answer the question of who was on the bachelorette last season, now we're using it to answer the question of how can I fundamentally change my life? And we're programming it first thing in the morning so that it gets in below that filter. And it also gets into your subconscious mind. Wow, that's that's a really good practice. I um I remember before my own awakening or um, transition that when I was still in tech, um, I used to actually be aware of that uh, because I worked in a very creative side of technology. I, I worked in the design and development of solutions to problems, and coming up with the solution to a problem can sometimes be done logically. Sometimes you can just like A plus B equals C. Perfect. Done. But the problems that I was working on were like A plus F plus Q minus P divided by number sign. Add purple. Add purple. Like, and then you're just like, I can't even add this stuff together. It doesn't add up. And yet I still need to find an outcome that can somehow rationalize all of this and i would yeah i would totally i called it background processing i'll just uh, oh, just forget about the problem and just like just shift it to background processing and i knew go for a walk go for a shower go for a drive forget about it create space instead of holding on to it anxiously yeah yeah let it let it go out of the rational uh component of your being and let the the bigger part of your your uh, consciousness work on it for you 
let all of existence work on it for you because somewhere in those Akashic records is the answer, even if you don't have access to it. Mm. Uh, I didn't know that back then, but I just, I, hey, empirical evidence, this seems to work. I'm going to keep doing it. Hit that button as much as I can, you know? <laughs> yeah. Isn't it a lot more fun to have somebody else doing your problem solving for you while Fuck you get yeah. to go out and like be a human and enjoy life? Yeah. Two hour long breakfasts. And like, yeah. And you yeah. come back with a great idea. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of scientists have talked about this throughout time that like most of the time, the aha moment, the epiphany comes when they're not focusing on the problem. Yeah. When they're totally. just doing something completely different, sometimes getting drunk, you know, like, and then all of a sudden something random happens and poof, penicillin's created. So that that's great for manifesting like thoughts or like ideas. But what, what about stuff in the material realm? Why wouldn't it work in the material realm? Well, why wouldn't it? But, well, it does. Oh. Well, <laughs> it's exactly talk, the same let's thing. Let's talk about that. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. I mean, if we're talking about how your thoughts and your emotions are manifesting your 3D reality, mm -hmm. wouldn't asking for things in a form of a thought, therefore manifest it in your 3D reality? It's the exact same process. You just have to like, forget about it. Just forget about it. Don't hold it so tightly. So get clear on what it is that you're looking to solve, to create, to manifest. Mm -hmm. It's all just a question. Ask the question put the order in and then forget about it. Mm -hmm. If we go back to the Bitcoin example from the beginning of this episode, one thing that was really interesting is that Cian and I very clearly showed the universe that we would like magic in the form of crypto to be delivered to us, mm -hmm. right? That because of the very strong spike in emotion, it's like you send a waveform through the universe that's like, I want this, please. Yeah. And the universe doesn't know that you didn't get it. It doesn't work that way, right? It's all just energy. So the universe is just like, oh, okay, order taken. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later in this instance, boom. boom, here you go. In a way that actually engages your analytical mind instead of just giving it to you, which I think is more fun anyways. So it was actually something better than just randomly finding Bitcoins. Yeah. So I think like there's like three main components there. There's like getting clear on the intention, the, the order, mm -hmm. putting it out there and letting it go. Mm -hmm. But then what was the other piece? It was like holding on to a strong positive emotion or that feeling of openness or being willing to receive, right? Yeah, openness, definitely. Being yeah. willing to receive. I don't want to say that you necessarily have to hold a strong positive emotion because holding it, especially at that level for a lot of people, super unrealistic. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, what are you, what, what's happening? Sorry, just the trailer was playing in my ears there. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what's going on right yeah, now? Are yeah, we stopping? Yeah. We were like I, in the middle of talking right I actually, now. I actually couldn't even hear what you were saying for a second. <laughs> so, oh, I was kind of thinking yeah. that seemed like a really like obnoxious response to what I was saying. I was like, that was really insightful. And you're just like, oh, okay. I, I bet it was. Yeah. Let, let's go. How dare let's you? Let's go back to this. <laughs> but it's out of my brain now. No, this is only episode two. So three. Three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the enlightened brain is not a task oriented brain. Folks. Yeah, the more the more you get shifted into the um, existence or the field, the less certain aspects of the logical mind seem to matter. And so they they slowly decline a little bit. Yeah. And then you drop 25 
pound plates uh, at the gym on your foot. As an example, true story happened today. Thanks for telling us about glitches, Dr. Jeffrey Martin. Yeah. Um, anyways, okay. So creating space is super important and, and being open to receive. And, and I actually did a Facebook live about this actually just yesterday, truly believing that you're worthy of it too, is the other thing. So like when I, when, when I'm saying you have to hold an emotion, what I don't want people to think is that it's like, you have to be in bliss all the time. Mm. Otherwise your manifestations won't show up because that's unrealistic for every human on the planet. Totally, That's not representative of the purpose of the human experience. It certainly helps while you're doing the manifestation. Totally. Yes. Yeah. While you're doing it. And that's why in our money magic meditation, we encourage you to create strong positive emotion during the, you know, basically the spell because yeah. it's basically a spell. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that moment, yes. And you have to believe that it's possible so you don't undo the work that you've done from your mindset perspective later mm -hmm. on. Um, but to, I don't want to imply that like, you know, you have to be, you know, high vibes only and spiritually bypass the, the hard things in life in order for you to have the life that you want, because that's just simply not true. And actually a really dangerous, in my opinion, side of, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of, that's a misunderstanding of the way that it works and it's dangerous. Yeah. Um, there, there is a certain element to, uh, watching negative thoughts, watching out for them. And watching out for feelings of lack that um, might subconsciously push the solution away, mm -hmm. push your manifestation away, right? Mm -hmm. Or just feeling like overwhelmed and too busy and not genuinely not having space to look at something, right? Which is why creating space and then genuinely believing that you deserve it or being worthy of it. And if you don't, then that's where the subconscious programming comes in. Mm -hmm. But then you need to work on that, right? Mm -hmm. But so many people do the first two steps and then, yeah, they push it away. So what this lesson taught us was, A, it sent the signal out with a very strong positive emotion of, hey, universe, we want this, like very clear. And then it reminded us how important it is to stay open. And within a few weeks, poof, oh. this or something better. Yeah, yeah, and, you, and it's it's interesting because even if you do go through pushing things away for a bit or like the strong negative emotions, like it doesn't ruin the spell, right? No, and I mean, well, it can. It depends on the spell. Mm. Um, but at the end of the day, the message here is that the universe will never let you miss something that is meant for you. Mm, okay. So if you're, when I say it depends on the spell, if it's something that's like karmically part of your soul path, you can't fuck it up. You can make it take 50 years instead of five if you're continually pushing it away, but you can't fuck it up in the sense that it will just disappear on you or you'll never get it. The things that are meant for you in this soul path, you will absolutely experience. But if you're doing a spell for like, I don't know, a new table, then like that's fuck upable because like it's mm -hmm. just a new table. It's not a karmic spell. I see, I see. So so it's almost like we we have a predetermined path of sorts that that is core to our being. And that free will allows us to delay that to, or to divert into other sort of areas like a table if we want to but that we're constantly getting pulled with this force of Eros maybe um, towards 
whatever the ultimate outcome is for each one of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I almost see it like it's not even like railroad tracks, but you use the example in meditation of like divots in the road. You know, when you drive down a road that's like either muddy or snowy and you mm, get the divots in the road yeah, from yeah, like driving yeah, on it. Yeah. So you have these tracks that you're meant to, to drive on and you absolutely can like through free will pop out of them. Mm. But eventually you're always going to be steered back into them because that's, those are the karmic ties that you and agreements that you've made when you come here. Yeah. And I genuinely believe, and you know, this could be a topic for another podcast episode as well, but I genuinely believe that we don't leave this earth until our purpose is completed. Right. So it's literally impossible for you not to complete it. And now I don't want people to think, oh my God, if I complete it too early, like that's not how this works. Um, I'll, I'll leave before all my friends do. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> on to the next purpose, on yeah. to the next mission. Um, but no, I do genuinely believe that we don't, if we choose to leave, if we leave this earth in this material realm, our purpose, whatever it was, is complete. That doesn't mean that it makes sense to the material realm because oftentimes these things don't. But it does mean that it's literally impossible for you to miss the things that are meant for you because... You're kind of stuck here until you get them. Hmm. Well, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. I feel like we talked about a lot more than just manifestation today. Yeah. Yeah, I do tend to do that sometimes, but I think it was worthwhile. I hope so. You tell us. Let us know in the comments. Screenshot this and put it in your Instagram. Tag us and tell us, was this too random for you? (laughs) Thanks, guys. Love you. We love you. We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.